back to another episode of Our Maryland's Politics and Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Leatherberry. Today we'll be talking about water and resource management in Maryland. An issue often overshadowed by jobs, education, and civil rights, natural resource management has gained considerable traction in recent years. More people are experiencing weather events such as massive flooding that will change the governing and infrastructure for years to come. Climate change has become a core issue for politicians and candidates alike, and the usual conversation has broadened to include development regulation, clean energy, and waste management. Recently, water has been a topic of conversation in Maryland. The waterways of our state have served many Maryland industries and citizens, but in recent years, downstream pollution, lack of proper regulations, and climate change has created an urgency for consistent action when it comes to managing Maryland's water resources. Emily Ranson, Program Coordinator for Clean Water Action of Maryland, joined me to talk about the state of water in Maryland. Here to explain more about water and the state of the environment in Maryland is Emily Ranson, Program Coordinator of Clean Water Action in Maryland. Thanks for joining me, Emily. Um, So what is Clean Water Action? How did the organization come about? And what are its main priorities? So Clean Water Action is a... Uh, drinking water-based advocacy group. We were originally founded around the Clean Water Act, organizing Americans to push for uh, that piece of legislation. Our strength really comes from an active canvas that goes out to the field every day to talk to everyday people about issues facing water in their local area and the nation at large and call them to action, whether through Petitions, letters, postcards, calls, those sort of uh, those sorts of things. And can you talk a little bit more about Maryland's water resources and why an organization like Clean Water is a necessity in the state? Yeah, so Maryland has a lot of water, whether it's the Chesapeake Bay, which we all are always thinking about, or our rivers or our streams. And for suburban and urban Maryland, a lot of our drinking water is actually pulled from that surface water, so from those streams and rivers, making the water quality of those bodies important for our health, but also for the cost of treating drinking water. So while much of the political focus in Maryland is on the Chesapeake Bay and how uh, pollution upstream affects it or doesn't affect it, we don't drink the bay. So having an organization like Clean Water that has a very uh, strong drinking water, water focus is important for our health, but also the health of our rivers and their tributaries. And I mean, having clean water seems like something that all communities would be interested in and would want to maintain. Um, I'm curious as to who or what some of the major opponents are to um, an organization like Clean Water. So everything pretty much comes down to money and the status quo. And what we run into a lot is, oh, it just costs too much money to have the adequate protections for our water quality. So whether it's leaving a forest intact for its important drainage uh, instead of developing it into more homes, whether it's adequately treating our stormwater or dumping too much fertilizer, all these practices boil down to money and not wanting to change the behaviors that we have entrenched. So there's a lot of shifting of blame for this pollution. Industry, power plants, farmers, developers, homeowners, and even me when I don't pick up my dog's waste, we're all contributing to the problem. 
And can you talk a little bit more about natural resource management in Maryland? Um, I noticed that was something on your website uh, that you were speaking about. Who's really responsible for ensuring that the waterways in Maryland are protected? So generally we say that'd be the Maryland Department of the Environment. They oversee a lot of the water discharge permits and the stormwater permits. But there are many agencies that are involved, like the Maryland Department of Agriculture, Department of Natural Resources, the Planning Department. Ultimately, the buck stops with the governor. And what the agencies do, what and how they enforce laws and regulations, that's at his direction and his prioritization. I know we're in Ellicott City right now. How have the recent weather events, such as the regular flooding downtown, uh, began to influence your work as well as legislation? So it's actually kind of interesting that the Maryland Department of the Environment is currently in its stormwater renewal process, which what that is, the stormwater, big stormwater permit, we call them the MS-4, that compels the more developed jurisdictions to create stormwater controls. I know you mentioned stormwater. Can you talk a bit more about the rain tax and the rain tax debate? Um, What are the environmental impacts? So I mentioned the stormwater controls. The stormwater fee, which got rolled around and ultimately people started calling it the rain tax, Well, that fee was originally supposed to provide a dedicated funding source for those stormwater projects. Since the quote-unquote rain tax was repealed, which basically the counties are still responsible to address the stormwater, they just no longer have to charge the fee. So a lot of counties did away with it. So they are still supposed to be doing those projects. They just no longer have a dedicated source of funding for it. Interestingly enough, Howard County actually decided to keep the stormwater remediation fee. And while the county executive and a member of the county council introduced legislation to overturn it, the hearing room was packed with Howard County residents who said, no, we need, this is an important problem. This is an important piece of funding and we want to keep it. Wow, that's a great example of people coming out and speaking about issues that are important to them. Usually, top issues for voters are the economy, jobs, education. Why are environmental issues something that voters should be paying attention to in our upcoming elections? So, natural resources impact our everyday health. So, whether it's air quality, um, whether it's water quality, those are things that are going to be impacted when we choose to vote people in who prioritize development over protecting our forests or over uh, maintaining buffers around our streams and waterways, which provide important filters. I would also then point out, and I think this is one of the things that we're really starting to see more in Ellicott City, not just in downtown Ellicott City, but then in other neighborhoods around here, is the impact that flooding has had on not just, you know, the destruction of Old Ellicott City, but people are seeing and reporting increased flooding of their basements, which is an expensive, time-consuming process every time you do it. And people are seeing that this is happening more and that it's likely a two-pronged issue of, yes, our storms are getting more intense, and a lot of that is attributed to climate change. But then also, we are the most rapidly developing county in Maryland, 
And every time we decide to chop down a forest and install pavement, roads, and then the impervious surfaces of more housing, that's causing a big problem. We're losing our sponge. We're paving over our sponge. And the decisions of the people that we're electing are causing that. Could you talk a little bit about the current state of Maryland's waterways? Um, is there any key legislation that Clean Water fought for last session? And are there any key issues that you'll be prioritizing over the next coming months? Yeah, so in general, Maryland's waterways are, you know, when we're especially when we're defining it in terms of the bay, they're getting better. Uh, our benchmarks just came out our midpoint assessment, so how are we doing cleaning up the Chesapeake Bay, and a lot of the practices that clean up the Chesapeake Bay will then also help the upstream rivers and streams. We're on target for phosphorus, but the problem, and this is a lot of the work that we've done in Annapolis, is we're behind on nitrogen, and we don't have a plan for, and by we, I mean Maryland, in Maryland we don't have a good plan for how we're going to meet our nitrogen goals. And that's a big problem, and that comes from a lot of different sources, whether it's stormwater or agriculture or our sewers and our septic systems. All of these are important things for uh, residents to know, as well as elected officials. How do you reach out to local governments, businesses, and community members to educate them and promote sustainability in Maryland? So because we're both a grassroots organization that has a canvas that's, and as we also then have people working on policy like me, we do both the direct face-to-face meeting with uh, local elected officials as well as people who work in the departments. Um, but we also then have face-to-face contact with Marylanders. And When we go into a neighborhood to be talking about an issue, we don't look up the houses beforehand. And so sometimes people ask, oh, well, do you guys use like voting records to know who you should be talking to? No, we like to talk to everyone. We like to talk to people who may not on first glance look like somebody who would support an environmental initiative. Because what we find is that drinking water, the Chesapeake Bay, local health is something that basically most Marylanders want to get behind. And it's been interesting. So last year we were supporting the Forest Conservation Act and we were collecting letters in very conservative areas that were these, a lot of these people who were writing the letters and then would talk to us were hurt. And I actually do want to use the word hurt. Like it was an emotional resonance that they had saying, yes, this forest near my house was chopped down and I'm upset about it. And it's forest conservation, environmental conservation, it's been wrapped up in this partisan, oh, well, Democrats support the environment and Republicans don't. And that's not true, especially not in this state. And speaking of um, (laughs) the left and the right and (laughs) partisan politics, um, is clean water involved in the race for governor of Maryland? Is there anything you could tell us about the platforms of Governor Larry Hogan and candidate Pangelis? So what I would recommend to people is to look at the actions that our current uh, Maryland departments have been taking and to think about how the two different candidates 
would treat those agencies. And so one of the issues that environmentalists in general have been working with in Annapolis is that we do have chronic underfunding of our Maryland Department of the Environment. So Maryland has a lot of great pro-environmental laws. The problem is that they're not being enforced. And so we can change laws until, I mean, we, we can have amazing legislation be passed, but if the agencies are not enforcing it or if they are dragging their feet on writing regulations, if they're interpreting laws in very strange ways, that's a problem. And at the end of the day, no matter what either of the governors say they believe or either one of the candidates say they believe, you have to look at what is actually being done on the ground. That's great advice. Um, Also, could you just let our listeners know um, how they could get involved with clean water action and if you have any other tips about how they can protect their water resources, um, could you share that information with us? Yeah, so uh, we are a membership organization, so I would recommend that people go to our website. Um, You can join to get our newsletters, which include our calls to action. Um, on on that website. We also have a Facebook page. Um, There's both the Clean Water Action National page where they're doing a lot of amazing work um, on a lot of the regulations that EPA is changing or trying to interpret in strange ways. Uh, But then we also have our Clean Water Maryland Facebook page as well as a Twitter. And as for how you all can protect water resources in Maryland, I mean... Definitely uh, go vote in November. Uh, There are a lot of interesting races happening. Um, A lot of groups have made endorsements. We've made endorsements, and those are all on our website. Um, But then what you can do, I want to give everybody a tip for what you can do uh, at your house. So, I mean, installing rain barrels is always a good thing. Um, but also, and I, I did admit to this, that I am not the best at picking up my yard. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of bacteria in our streams and rivers. And if you have a pet, go out in your yard and pick up the waste. That's, that's an important uh, thing to do for both the nutrients and also for the bacteria. Great. That's a great tip. <laughs> and I swear I'll do, I'll be better. <laughs> great. We, we all should be. Um, so thank you so much, Emily, for your time. That was Emily Ranson, Program Coordinator for Clean Water Action Maryland. If you want to learn more, visit their website at www.cleanwateraction.org slash states slash Maryland. As always, thanks for listening to the Our Maryland Politics and Policy Podcast. See you next time.